continue on in the series we're doing called Keep in Step. If we're going to live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. We've added, uh, we sort of jumped into this series coming out of that last one where we talked about the importance of knowing the whole story from beginning to end. And then my encouragement has been to now dive into the scripture. And I've been um, really sort of encouraging everybody to read through the entire Bible. And that there's many, many believers who have never done that. It's a, it's a kind of a shocking number. So uh, I, my hope is that you'll do it. Because there's some things in there that you will never, ever get to in any other way. There's not enough church services to cover everything that's in the book. So, um, so read it. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I've said is read 15 minutes a day, six days a week, and you'll get through the whole thing in a year. Uh, and I'd start with the New Testament just because it kind of opens up the Old Testament to you. But now that you know the bigger story, all of it will open up in all kinds of ways. So read the scripture. And uh, I've been, you know, hopefully moving you in that direction. Uh, we spent some time in the Old Testament so far in this series talking about the importance of the word, getting it into our heart, into our mind so that it gets into our lives. And then last week I moved us into um, the book of Galatians, where I said we'd take some time to go through it. it it's pretty, I'm pretty confident it's the first of the New Testament writing, so it was a good place to start. And knowing the bigger story then, we'll see how it applies to our lives and things that we can get from it. And as we jumped into Galatians 1 last week, the, you know, the big sort of thing that I brought out of that, I called it cross plus, is uh, how the, the tendency is to add things to the gospel. And, and to, to lose sight of the grace of God that, that makes this life possible. And we're going to build on that this week as we go into Galatians 2. And there's some interesting things coming up in our discussion today. So that's where we're heading um, before we press on. Well, let me say this about the, 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 um, the local toy drive. Thank you for everything that happened with Samaritan's Purse. And now we, we sort of every year we do this local toy drive. We've partnered for years with a group that's uh, now called Presence in Paradise. And um, they have a, a whole bunch of children in the local area who need gifts. And so we try and help them. And so it, there's index cards. In the foyer, you can take a card that will have, as, as Kim said, it will have a name on it. Or no, it will have an age and a gender. And if you want to buy a gift, great. Just bring it back unwrapped. But, and this is what people ask me and what I'm getting to, gift cards work great for this. Because what we do is we give those gift cards to Presents in Paradise. And then they know what the kids need. And they use the gift cards to buy the the gifts and kids want. So that works really well, too, if that works for you. So uh, either way, and all that back by December 12th, if you want to get involved. There we go. Now, bad jokes. These were quite bad today. I used to be um, addicted to Thanksgiving leftovers. I had to quit cold turkey. Do they allow loud laughing in Hawaii or just aloha? Wow. They loved that last night. They ate it right up. Completely different reaction. I watched a documentary recently on bridge building. It was absolutely riveting. 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 Alice, come, pray for us. Rescue me. Read the scripture. And where did you get that aloha joke, dear? Where did you get that aloha joke? That was Sarah's joke. Yes, but I if know. it didn't go well, I didn't want to burden it with it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our life. I say something. I say something on the mic, and he still says, what? 
This is what we do at home. What? What? You have to say it two or three times. Here's the thing. But you can hear it, it on the microphone where I'm standing right now. It, all the noise is going that way. I can't hear it. So. I, and I have to look. Yeah, right. Then what's your excuse at home? Uh, I, I can't see your lips moving. <laughs> it's a frequency issue. It's a frequency. The wife. The wife issue. We're fine. We're really fine. Okay. Things go south a little at 11, so that was free of charge. Let's pray, shall we, before we read the word together? Mm, Papa, so very grateful for everything you've given us today. We are thankful, beyond thankful, Lord. We're thankful for your amazing grace, Father, your unending mercy. Lord, I'm especially thankful that you love and treasure broken things. And when we come to you with everything just the way it is, you take us and you hold us close to your heart. Father, I pray that as your church, we would, we would extend that grace and mercy to others as we go through our weeks, as we go through our days, Father. Just bless each person here, each family represented here and online. In Jesus' name, amen. The text today is out of the book of Galatians. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word? It's Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Blessed be the word of God. Y'all may be seated. I'm going to have a sip of coffee. One of the students noticed that I drink a, I have a sip of coffee before I start and asked me about, you know, how to form habits. Because obviously they believe this is a habit of mine that before I start I drink coffee. And I had to explain, I do usually have a sip. It's probably by now a habit, but it's just kind of a, a great way to start. But then the question was, how do I make reading the scripture a habit? So it was a good question. Just make it taste as good as coffee. So, um, let's just set our, our point in the story, so you know what's going on. You know, all, the church has started. The first believers were, were Jewish converts who came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then, as uh, mostly with Paul, started to go out and preach. Gentiles started coming. 
into the kingdom of God. Now, this was a part of um, the story that they were expecting from if you and when we get back next time together and talk about this way back in uh, Genesis 12, 13, 14, that the promise to Abraham was that all nations would be blessed through him. And, and so not just the people of Israel, but all nations. And we start to see it happening now in this part of the story as the Gentiles are coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it's a huge deal. And, and so the church just begins to explode. The problem is that um, these, these Gentiles are coming to know Jesus and they've responded to the gospel message that we talked about last week. They've come and they put their faith in Christ. And, and they're in the family. But some people have come. And they kind of show up wherever Paul goes, and they start to tell people there that they're from the church and that Paul hasn't given them the entire deal. He hasn't, they haven't heard the whole thing. That, um, yes, you, you need to come to know Jesus, but then they say you have to add these things as well. Uh, and, and this is primarily circumcision. But in effect, they, 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 you need to put, get put under the entire law. That's what it really takes to be part of the family. And so that's caused some big problems. And really, that's what Paul is going to be defending throughout his ministry. That, um, and his thing is, listen, that didn't work for us. What's worked for us is Jesus, and you know it, and I know it. Why would we put people under it when it didn't work? And that's the whole deal that we need to understand. And that's where the story is going. And primarily today, um, what I want you to get a hold of, you know, in a practical way, as we look at Galatians 2, is about our identity and, and what our identity is. See, our identity now is in Christ. When you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, your, your, your identity is now in Him. He's, as I've told you, you know, he's, he's done the work and He's restored us to being image bearers and our identity is back. Who we were originally created to be, that was our identity. And then, you know, the enemy came along and stole all that and our identity, our, even our identity got messed up because He sort of was the picture of our identity and we, well, these are all the things that we are not. But now in Christ, we have a new identity, and our identity is in Christ. And it's this amazing thing that's been given to us, and, and it's, it's not by works, it's by grace. And so we have to understand this identity and what our identity is now, really to experience life. And one of the problems that has happened is that the letter in Galatians 2 starts out where Paul starts talking about a confrontation he has to have with the apostle Peter. And this is a big deal if you think about it, because Paul, you know, we read yesterday in 1 Corinthians 15, actually introduced himself in one of those letters as one abnormally born. And so, because he wasn't with the original group. And he has to go and confront Peter, who's the rock. He's, the, he's sort of been the main guy all along, and he's gotten off track. Because what he's been doing is, um, he, he was having table fellowship with the Gentile converts, the Gentile Christians. He was hanging out and eat with him. But then these people showed up who we call the circumcision group and all of a sudden Peter pulled back. And, and uh, he's, that all of a sudden makes the new believers think well maybe we're not really part of the family of God. Maybe we're not really and maybe we aren't really all these things. And, and it causes a big problem in the church. So Paul has to go and talk to Peter and he, he's, re, he's recording for us the conversation that he has. He says, when Peter, Cephas is, is uh, Peter in Aramaic. 
came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. So Peter had no trouble with this. In fact, it was Peter who ministered to the household of Cornelius, were Gentiles, when they came to know Jesus. So he knew it was part of the deal. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. And the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And Barnabas was a huge part of the church in Antioch, and really had gone and got Paul and and got things going there to even begin these missionary journeys. And when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, remember we, we talked all about what the gospel was last week, and how important it is we know that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, when they weren't acting in line with that, I said to Peter in front of the all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Why are you cross-plussing? Why are you trying to add to the gospel and put all these things on people that you know don't work? That's sort of the issue that we have and that we're addressing. And it's a great question because, as I said last week, 2,000 years later, we are still doing the same thing. We still keep trying to add to the cross. And we all have our own little pet pluses that we like to put on there. And, and we have to be aware of that. Because if we don't get it, we don't understand at least that we're doing it, we'll miss out on the grace of God. And if you miss out on the grace of God, you lose your impact in the world around you. And you don't get to experience the kind of life that God has for you. The full and abundant life. Because that all happens in knowing that we don't earn this, we don't perform for it. It's grace. It's grace. Grace. Let me say this. I'll say this early on to this group about grace. See, sometimes people struggle with grace because they think, well, grace, grace, grace. That means I can just go and do whatever I want to do. And this is not how this thing happens. When you realize what God has done for you and the relationship that you now have with Him and how He's made it all possible and the lengths that He's gone to to make it happen. Your response when you get that is not, oh, let me go see what I can get away with. Let me find loopholes. Let me go, well, I can just do whatever I want because he's going to forgive me and love me. Listen, your response is, he loves me so much, I just want to live for him now. And I'll mess up sometimes because, you know, I'm not completed yet. But I want to live for him and I want to get closer to him and I want to love him more. And I want to make a difference in the world around me because I need his grace. And I want that grace to flow through me and to impact other people. And it keeps me then from being critical and judgmental and mean. Remember I said that last week, a lot of people asked me, I said, do you ever meet somebody that's just mean? And then I said, don't elbow the people next to you. (laughs) And a lot of times that mean just comes from being stuck under that performance thing instead of really experiencing the freedom of grace, which then opens you up to just kind of respond to the Holy Spirit and, and take in a whole new life. So that's the issue that's at hand as we continue to read this. And your identity is a huge deal. And and you need to know your identity is found in Christ. And because of what Jesus has done, you are the covenant people of God. And that's kind of expanding on things. Because what we had before was the law. That's point number two. And and when I say the law, people think about different things when when you say that. And the scripture can actually mean some different things. Um, It could be referring just to the Ten Commandments. Um, but it's usually bigger than that. Oftentimes it's referring to Deuteronomy. Sometimes it's the first five books, the Torah of the Old Testament. All those things could be what's being referred to there. And now draw back in earlier in this series when I said that 
Deuteronomy, often called the law, that's the book they kept rediscovering, they kept getting lost to them, was given to the people of Israel just before they entered the promised land. And it was a book from God about how they were supposed to live, how to live as humans, what it looked like to really live uh, as a human being, what God intended. Because they didn't know. They'd been 400 years in a culture that didn't have any sort of idea about how to treat people or what that liked and all the false gods. And so God gives them these words. He says, listen, don't lose sight of these words. Learn them. Study them. Teach them to your children. Keep them in your heart. Let them go from your hearts to your minds and then live it out. And, and that's what we had in Deuteronomy. But they were um, not how to get saved. See, they were given to a people who had already been saved, rescued and delivered. That's the picture of the Exodus. That's why, it's, that's why we have it. They, they, they were in bondage and, and slavery, and God had rescued and delivered them, not because of anything he, they'd done, but because they loved him. And then he gives them what we call the law so that they know how to live. But it was given to a people who had already been saved and rescued. And somewhere along the way, we got shifted around, so that people began to think it was by living these things then that they would be saved. And it's not. It's the opposite is true. And it still culturally is, it impacts our culture. Because if you are talking to people today and you, you ask them about heaven, and you know, a lot of people in our culture still believe in, in heaven at some level, and you say, well, you know, how do you get to heaven? The most typical response is, well, I'm going I'm to be a good person. I'm going to do good things. And that's how it works. And, and if you try and pin them down, they'll say things like, well, you know, I'm going to follow the Ten Commandments. And you, you just want to go, have you read the Ten Commandments? Because they're tough. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it wasn't ever intended for a way to get saved. It was just how you're supposed to live once you've been saved, rescued, delivered. See, but they, they, we flip-flopped it. And that's the issue. And then if you get under that, then you think that it's about you working and performing, and it's not. And you miss out on the grace of God. So Paul is continuing on in this conversation. Basically, he's recounting this thing with Peter, and he goes on in verse 15. He said, we are who Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. That's a nice language for us, isn't it? How does that? I read that and go, that's nice. It is a little softer than pagan, which is the other word that you can put there. But anyway, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul's talking to Peter as, as one Jewish Christian to another Jewish Christian. We put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because that didn't work. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So, so that's the conversation. He said, you know, Peter, it didn't work. We needed Jesus. Why would you try and put people back under that in order to find life. And that's what they're trying to do. They're adding to the cross with all these things. And people just get stuck in that whole sort of process. Well, we gotta, it's got to be about the things that we're doing. And it's not. It's about what he's doing. And, and see, what we, what we get from this is justification. And that's this amazing thing. Paul just said, you know, that's how we're justified. It's, it's our faith is in Christ Jesus. So, so what is justification? And let me read you this passage, verse 16. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith uh, in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. So what's this thing about justification then, and what does it mean? And 
Uh, we don't always know some of these words, so because um, there's churchy words that you don't hear much outside of church. Justification, sanctification, glorification. You've heard them here if you've been here because I'll bring them up from time to time. And I've got a whole thing that I do. But uh, just in case you forget, the way to remember justification, that's the, the one to remember is just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. And that's sort of a great meaning for the word. And you go, what, what does that mean? Um, well, that's how God sees you now. Your identity in Christ uh, means that you've been reconciled to God. And when God sees you, he sees you in the perfection of his son. And it's an amazing thing. That's how God sees you. Now, and we struggle with that because we know we're still a mess. Hopefully you still know that we're still a mess. But Holy Spirit is now in us, working in us and changing us from the inside out. And we're in, in this process. But, but already we are reconciled to God. Your relationship with his God, with God, is already what it needs to be forever. You need to know that. It's not going to get, it's not going to be, oh, well, when the, it's right now, because of Jesus, you are completely reconciled to God. And when God sees you, he just sees his kids, who he wants to be in relationship with, because he's seeing you in Christ. It's this amazing, amazing deal. And yet we always want to go back to performance, 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 and it's not. It's because of that. That's what it means. Paul, he, he tries to explain it in other places. Romans 3.22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The right of their righteousness is about your identity, once again, is really what that's looking like. Uh, and what it means uh, is found in Jesus. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. He's so making that point. So it's not about whether you were you know, following the law or any of those things. It's, he says it's all about your identity is completely in Christ. Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female, all our identities in Christ. Um, for all have sinned, because we've all messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We're justified, reconciled to God. That relationship is made right because of what Jesus has done. Philippians 3, 8, 9, he says, what is more? This is Paul, who's very zealous. When, when he was following the law, he was really in all the way. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, not being self-righteous, which is what happens when you think that you're earning it and working for it, you become self-righteous. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, that I understand that, that I am a part of the family of God because of what Jesus has done for me. And what he's done is, he loved me so much that he gave himself for me. This is a big deal. See, that's what, what Paul is saying. It wasn't all the hard, you know, the work that we tried to do. That never worked. But what did work was that he loved us so much that he gave himself for us. See, you remember the story. God's whole thing was he wanted to fellowship with us. From the beginning, I told you that in the story. That was, that was what Eden was all about. It was a, a cosmic temple. And, and he created us in his image. We were his image in the temple. And he just wanted to fellowship with us as people. We, it's really hard to even grasp why, but he does. He wants to fellowship with people. He wants to be in relationship with us. And all he wants us to do is love him back. And, and so that was the story. And we were going to partner with him in this amazing love relationship. And he was going to be with us. And we were going to go and, and make the whole planet like Eden. That was the plan. And, and gardeners with God. Pretty cool deal when you think about it. And yet he said, stay away from that one tree, gardeners, because if you go there, that's saying you don't want to do this thing with me. 
And if you go there, it's going to introduce a power into the world. That choice that you make is a terrible choice. And sin will enter in in this power that you don't even know about right now. Death is going to enter the world. And sure enough, that's what they did. Everything changed. And it was horrible. You know, death entered the world. It wasn't before then. And now everything was different. And yet, he loves us so much that he never gave up on us. And we'll see about that more next week as he starts. Genesis 3.15, he lays a verse. But then, by Genesis 12, the world's gone a complete mess by Genesis 12. He introduces us to Abraham, who's the beginning of the rescue plan. And he loves us so much that he's going to make a way for us to be reconciled and restored to him. And, and so... He comes. Now, some people in our culture, I've heard this often lately, and I know it's how they think. They, they have decided that God is just this big meanie, and the only way he'll ever be satisfied, the only way he could be satisfied was by killing his son. That's how they look at it. And, and they miss it completely, because God, it's a love story. He loves us so much, even though we've gone our own way, time after time after time after time after time after time, even though we keep just going, no, God, we got it, we've got to do it ourselves. He continues to love us and pursue us. To the point where he comes, God comes, fully God, fully man in Jesus. And he takes on himself all of the garbage, all of the mess, all of the things that we've done, all of the sin, all of the pain, all of the shame, all of the hurt, all of that. He takes it all on. He marshals it all, all of it in time and space. All that's happened, all that will happen, God takes it all on and he takes it with him to the cross. All of it. That's why he bears it. He, why? It's all on him. And he, he takes it and he dies with it and he takes it down. And, and if you don't get any other pictures from me doing here, get this one picture. That's what he does with all your mess. When he's down there, he just leaves it all down there. And then to demonstrate the power he has over everything, including death, he defeats death and he rises again. And everything is different. The firstborn, the, the new creation started right there in front of us. And we're a part of that new creation. And that's what you need to remember. It's because of what Jesus has done. Paul says, look, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Somehow, and we've explained this in the story, when Jesus is on the way to the cross, he's praying. He says, Father, let him come with me. Somehow, he takes us with him through the cross and the resurrection. So we go with him. In effect, you know, as Paul says, I, I died with him on the cross, but I've also defeated death with him, and now I am a new creation as well. I have a new identity. All that stuff is left behind. And he says, the life I live now, this life that I have now, uh, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live this life now by, by just following Jesus. It's not about those things. It's not performance. It's just as life is found in following Jesus. And he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If I could work it out in my own strength, then, then all that Jesus did, he did for nothing. And yet we know that he didn't. Life is only found in him. So that's what we need to get a hold of on this amazing journey. It's grace. He's, Paul said, don't set aside grace. And I want to encourage you, don't set aside the grace of God. Grace doesn't mean you can go do whatever you want. Grace draws you to press in to the Holy Spirit who's in you to live life that pleases Him, but also is the best life for you. And, and, and there's something about it that as you experience that, it really does begin to change everything 
around us. So I want you to think about that again this week. And really think on this idea of grace. Think about cross plus and, and what you might be adding and, and what that looks like and what does it mean. And, and keep going back to that it's because of what he's done that I have life. And I want to experience it fully, God, in you by pressing in and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Next time we, we get back on this discussion, we'll, we'll talk about, I'm going to jump back into, into um, Galatians 3, which is about Abraham. I'll take you back to Genesis 12. And we'll start looking at the rescue plan and how amazing it is. And how God, God does amazing things. When you, he took Abraham, who's, who's basically, he's got no successors, <laughs> no inheritance, no, no nothing. He's a nomad. And he's the one God picks. That's how, just how God is. You're, Abraham, you're the one who's going to bless the nations. Can you imagine what that would be like? Me? It's pretty cool. Anyway, um, but for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing Christmas stuff, uh, Christmas messages, so that'll be cool. So I won't get into the Galatians 3 thing until probably the very first weekend in the new year. But don't forget everything that we've gotten to at this point, or else we'll have to cover it all over again. <laughs> My wife doesn't like big reviews, so... <laughs> So we'll jump fresh and I'll check so you know it. But um, think about those things. That's good for today. Alice, why don't you come up? And uh, we'll just ask Holy Spirit to minister to us for a few moments. And then uh, we'll dismiss and head out. So would you, would you come, Holy Spirit, and meet us right where we're at? And, and encourage and and. Bless and lead and guide and do all those amazing things that you do. There are people today who are tired, Lord, and I pray you would just give them strength. I felt earlier like there there were people that were just empty. That was the description I got, just empty. And and God, that, that you would just fill them to overflowing. Holy Spirit, just meet and encourage and bless them. I pray for those who are sick. Holy Spirit, just go and and minister to them and bring healing into their lives, whatever area it is. I pray for those who are um, in bondage and ask that you would set them free. Break chains. I have this picture of him just breaking chains off of people. Be free. Be free to live the full and abundant life that Jesus came for you to live. There's nothing like it. Alice. I feel like the Lord showed me um, that there's people that are depressed right now. You're in, you're going through a depression, and it's either seasonal. You could be online. You could be in a place where the sun doesn't shine much, or it might be um, seasonal as far as the holidays go. You're kind of struggling with depression, and I feel like the Lord wants to surprise you with hope. That as you go about your days and as you go about your week during this season and you feel like you know what's coming, but he's going to surprise you with hope in unusual ways. Then I have two from our staff, and one is from Pastor Georgina. What I love about Pastor Georgina is she never gives me a word without a scripture that goes with it. She's awesome. And this is what she gave me. I feel God wants to encourage his people. That despite their Thanksgiving being so different than previous years, we have a great feast awaiting us. And the scripture she gave for this is Isaiah 25.6. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, 
of aged wine and well-refined. And then I have one more. i got to open my Bible. And this is from Jose, and he just had a scripture for someone, and it's 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. And that goes right along with, with everything we've been saying. Amen. Amen. Cast all that mess on him. That's really good. Okay. Well, as I say, you know, every the end of every service, all of this starts by knowing Jesus. And if you, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, now's your time. There's no better decision you will ever make than to choose to, to just give your life to him. He's done all the hard work at the cross. Our part is just to aw, confess with our mouths, believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Isn't that cute sound? I like it. So, uh, how do you do that? Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how it works. And uh, if you're doing that for the very first time today, I want to know whether you're here or if you're online, just text the word heart to me. Uh, it's the easiest way to get a hold of me, uh, H-E-A-R-T, to that number, just so I can celebrate with you and I'll know and, and uh, that'll be great. And, and, you know, do it. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. I want to thank the church again for your, your faithfulness, your generosity, your offering, and your giving, and your tithing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how you do it online. Ways for you to do it. If you're here, there's offering boxes up front for you on the way out. And uh, thank you guys again for that. And let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Go out this way. If you're here, so you don't want to touch any doors. Don't forget little gifts if you want to, little cards for the gifts if you want to get involved there. And uh, have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later, guys. God bless you. And we just want to take a moment to thank everybody for watching us online and uh, hope you're going to have a great day and, and that uh, we are so blessed to, to have you as part of the family. The, the Vineyard Virtual Family is amazing. And, uh, you know, I think about you often as I'm speaking, you know, I'll look at a camera and think, look, there's people out there that are a part of us. And so we just want to thank you and, and, and say hello and, and know that we're praying for you and that we love you guys. God bless you all. See you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.